0: Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be.
1: Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Today, we have Corden James with us. He is from Corden James and the Comeback Kids. We're going to talk about that, but we always start our interviews with talking to our guests about being dads, and Corden is a father of three. He's got a daughter and two sons, and this is the Dads with Daughters podcast, so we're going to jump right in, and I'm going to talk to you about your daughter here, but first and foremost, Corden, thanks so much for being here. Honored to be here, brother. Thank you. Well, it's my pleasure to have you here. And what I love to do first and foremost is have you turn that clock back in time. And your daughter is seven years old. I want to turn it back to that first moment, that first moment when you found out, you realized you were going to be a father to a daughter. Talk to me about that.
0: Ooh, I think I've enjoyed, you know, I've had that dream my whole life, brother, of just having this little girl, this little precious thing. So I think back to that moment, I was extremely excited. We had just found out. I think I was probably all smiles and I ran out to get the quickest books that I could to figure out how to raise a girl. You know, I I remember a lot of it was going to choose, going to look at girls' clothes. And what do those look like? Uh, So it was a very, very long process of waiting for her to come. Choosing names was extremely fun. You know, after having two boys, choosing her name was everything.
1: Now you've had seven years with your daughter, and I'm sure there's been some amazing moments in those in that period of time. As you look back at the seven years that you've had with her, what's been the most memorable experience that you've been able to share with her?
0: You know, I would say these last few years have been the most memorable. About three years ago, her mother and I uh, divorced. And so we have learned very much how to heal together. And what does that space between us look like? And that's taken days where I have hardly any money where she wants to go do something fun, and sometimes we just we figured out how to relax locally, whether that's going to the local water park or uh, just being there for her, even if it's just relaxing at the house and finding a movie and some snacks. You know, there's always been anxiety around where where we're going to be and how we're going to get there. And you know, I've learned as I raise her that we're going to get through it together. And uh, I think that's another thing we see as, as fathers is my little girl looks after me so much. It's almost concerning how much she's concerned about me. And it's, it's a beautiful thing, but sometimes I just need her to be here, my beautiful little girl.
1: And then you have your sons, you know, who, you know, whether they care, whether they care <laughs> about your you emotionally is a whole nother thing, right?
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. You might get to hear, hear them say it occasionally that they love you, but maybe that'll come when they're older.
1: Hopefully. <laughs> now, raising a daughter is not always the easiest thing. Especially when you've gone through the experience of becoming a man yourself and, and knowing what that experience is like like. And you're also raising two sons. So so that experience probably echoes some of the experiences that you had as a as a boy growing into a man. But as you look at the times that you've had with your daughter, the the times raising your daughter now, what would you say has been the hardest part of being a father to a daughter?
0: Mm. That's a great question, Chris. You no, know, I would say Personally, I think learning how to be safe for her. You know, being her dad, I think a lot of, you know, with a military background and such, I realize that I sometimes have a strong exterior. And learning what and how to be soft for her as part of our communication method has probably been one of the bigger challenges for me. It's taken me taking care of my own mental health to ensure that I respond to her correctly and that it's not just responding out of anxiety or, or fear but actually being able to process the emotions and give her the, the closure and the independence to be her as well.
1: Now, you talked about that softening, that softening of yourself and having to learn that for yourself. Talk to me about that. What did you have to do to be able to, I'm going to say reframe, reframe fatherhood for yourself after having two boys and then having the gap between your boys because their, their, age, their ages are 12 and 13. So there's a few years difference. But reframing and having to figure out for yourself, how do you soften yourself to be able to be the dad that your daughter needs?
0: Mm, yeah. You know, I think, you know, I would say it started off with therapy, you know, being able to talk things through, my, through therapy, get things off my chest. That way I'm not coming home so, so full of energy. And most times that was a negative energy, whether I was bringing it home from work or school or just in the workplace. So making sure that I have regularly scheduled things to keep us happy. But I think the number one thing was just spending time with her and trying out different responses and learning what what got through to her the most, whether it was a normal situation where I might typically be a little more animated with her. Instead of being animated with her, I, I ask more questions. Or I allow her to explain more of... You know how why she did what she did, and and what she wants to do next. And I think it's just you know about trial and error of um, how to show up for her.
1: Now, as you look at your daughter getting older, I'm sure that as a father to a daughter, you may have had similar experiences to other dads that I've talked to in having some fear, having some fear in regards to raising a daughter in today's society. Um, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but but. Most dads that I talk to that have daughters have gone through some aspect of fear because of that unknown aspect. As you think about that, what has been the biggest fear that you have in raising a daughter today?
0: Chris, you're coming with the heavy questions today, sir. My biggest fear in raising my daughter, I would say in not sometimes it's not having enough time in the day to spend with her. As busy fathers and as an entrepreneur running my own business, sometimes it still is those long hours. And I, you know, I something I didn't anticipate to be working these long of hours away from her after seven years. 2020 has really been adjusting that schedule back. I ended up getting laid off and furloughed from a job. And, you know, over COVID, I, I had more time for my child. We had a lot more time together. We had months together where... Mom's a nurse, so she was sick. So I had her more often. We had to learn how to do school and coexist in a one bedroom all together at the same time for a month. So um, we've gotten very close and learned how to respect our spaces.
1: Sometimes that's not always an easy thing, especially when you have to make those transitions. And I've talked to other parents who, they, they definitely had to readjust and try to get into a different mind space or find ways to get into a different mind space because of now occupying the same space for much longer periods of time and and such. And you went through a different period or a different experience because not only are you having to occupy that same space, but now your work is your home and being the dad to your daughter but uh, and to your kids and and you've had to really probably go through some experiences for yourself to be able to rethink, your own role um, in in that aspect. Talk to me about that.
0: You know, I I think for me that it looks, so I have my daughter four days a week, right? And I, I have recently learned how that has, affected me in the long term as far as employment. Some of those obstacles where you typically have mother's hours, which again, should be parents' hours, not mother's hours because dads work those hours too. But I think you know the accessibility of, of hours that allow me to raise my child are few and far between. So I've had to be very creative in the ways that I provide for my family now. It's not so much working those 60, 70 hours to make that six figure job. It's a $50,000 job and a one bedroom apartment because it allows us more freedom elsewhere. And even if it's, you know, sometimes it's uncomfortable, it's given us everything that we have ever needed today.
1: Now, I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that you have a company called Corden James and the Comeback Kids. It is a, you talked about being an entrepreneur, um, but talk to me about your company and what you're trying to do in regards to mentoring and in regards to, you know, this, the Comeback Kids mantra that you've been that you've been working towards Uh, so talk to me about that
0: yeah absolutely so i recently found uh cordon james and the comeback kids and the comeback kids mentorship program and my basis for that is is teaching social emotional life skills at the core of this program Um, and just to give you a little backstory about this program so i spent my 13 through 18 in group homes and treatment facilities and the difference for me of my turnaround from being a an angry 12 and 13 year old who fought a lot and was not respectful of their parents and school and and whatnot was the sense of therapy was only, you know, it was holistic. We got outside a lot more. It wasn't the typical psychology, but also uh, a huge plus side was this Y-TRI program, which really just gives you back, gives back that empowerment to the individual. And in this case, we're talking about kindergarten through 12th grade. So being in the education system, uh, we have this program in 30,000 schools. Christian, my partner and mentor, has been able to teach this on death row and in group homes and jails and prisons. And so with that being said, establishing it here on the East Coast now in the schools here and working with DCYF and other organizations, such as, you know, the local police department and parole officers, we are accessing these youth and, and reminding them not only that someone cares about them, but also being able to deliver resilience in a visual metaphor. You know, when it comes to psychology, cognitive behavioral therapy, we would see that you would have a session with the youth and at the very end of it, you'd ask them what they learned and it really wasn't too much. A couple words here and there. And when, now that we deliver this in a visual metaphor, you know, we we know that 80% of youth learn visually. And so now we have a visual metaphor that's combining education and mental health, all in one thing, in one package, that teaches ideas and principles around my choices have consequences, how to plug into my support system, and who is on my support team. We talk about defense mechanisms and accepting those defense mechanisms, and how do we how do we proceed with the correct action? Um, and what we see from that is we see decreased GPA, or excuse me, increase in GPAs. We see uh um, a resistance to gang violence and we see a large amount of prevention when it comes to behavioral issues, whether inside the school or inside the home. And so at the core, that is my uh, program in the middle. And then uh, connecting with myself and other mentors, we're on that middle level. So we teach the Y try on a Tuesday. We have a one-on-one on a Thursday with the youth and then throughout the rest of the week there's several opportunities to get involved in the local community whether it's volunteer pickups trash pickups feeding the homeless and you know that encompasses the whole being of taking care of you know if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs I'm sure you're familiar you know at the top you have self-actualization and at the bottom you have your your psychological needs you know your shelter your food your love, and I realize in working with youth is as a as a speaker, how can I get you to self-actualize without making sure that the rest of you as a being is fulfilled? You know, I can't motivate you to choose a different path if you're living in survival because you don't have a house or food or know where your next meal is coming from or feel safety. So it's become quite the blessing to be able to to manage. Uh, youth and families in this sense.
1: So as you look at the future and getting more students involved in this, what, what is your ultimate goal? What do you want to see these kids being able to do, being able to achieve, you know, what are you hoping in getting involved with them at the level that you're getting involved in that they will be able to take out of it? So there's 10 metaphors
0: that we teach and each one has different competencies. Um, but I think the overall is, is one we, yes, we want to acknowledge that, that, uh, our actions have consequences. At the core of all of it is the ability to thrive and to say that, you know, the struggles that you've been through started your story, but that's not how it ends. And that the rest of your life is really in your hands. It's the decisions that we make, no matter what the system is built like. It's the decisions that we, that we make that empower us, that give us more opportunity, freedom, and self-respect, ultimately.
1: Well it sounds like a great program and definitely something that people may may want to get more involved with. Now you, it sounds like in your area I mean you're trying to connect students locally but if people are listening to this and they're spread across the entire country is this something that they can get involved with now or is it only in certain cities?
0: Oh no it's involved so it's telementoring so we're involved online by delivering a virtual system whether in groups one on one or intervention intervention styles. You know I have a client in Nebraska and I have another client in Louisiana. So we are everywhere. You know, I would say I, I'm looking to meet every family, whether it's youth or mom or dad, because at the end of the day, we, I want to see a family thrive. And based off my experience, you know, being a transracial adoptee and being a black male and having white parents, a lot of that's what a lot of this spurred was we're seeing families fall apart and we're seeing politics and race come into the house. And nobody knows how to talk about it. And then you're witnessing the deterioration of that generation. And essentially you lose the, you know, you lose those, like I said, back to Maslow's higher needs, you lose all those base needs. And that's what's happening on a family level, which is is scary and uh, traumatic.
1: Now people are gonna be listening to this and they're gonna say, Is this right for my child? Is this right for my kid? What's the type of, of young adult, young child? that is right for this program.
0: You know, Chris, this program is right for everyone. Again, we teach this kindergarten through 12th grade. We also teach it on death row. So you have people who may not have any other faith in the rest of their lives, but they're they're still learning how to be resilient in their everyday being. They're still learning how to make different choices and how to understand their defense mechanisms. So the program, again, kindergarten through 12th grade, whether it's a youth who's introduced to the visual metaphor, who understands that I can make a different choice. And typically you would see this kind of expand on a school level, you would see expand over time. We have some schools where we teach it in first grade and fifth grade. So they are introduced to it at one point and then at the fifth grade level, they're introduced to the next level of it, which is more of the visual metaphors, the activities, we also have music
1: that complements everything. So, if somebody wants to get more information about this, where's the best way place for them to go?
0: Absolutely. So, at cordonjames.com is my website, and as well, uh, just searching online, the Comeback Kids Mentorship Program will lead you to that direction. And another outside resource, which is great for all resources, there's a bunch of free resources available on the Why Try? Why Try? Which is W H Y T R Y question mark is the program. And so being able to Google that and see Christian's story, but you know, again, my old school mentor from 2003,
1: Well, I really appreciate that, and I'll put a link in the notes today so that all of you have the opportunity to go and check out this program and see if it might be a good fit for your family and trying to connect with Corden and what uh, he's trying to do with his program and what his partner's doing with the the program in general. Now, Corden, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our Fatherhood Five, where we ask you five questions to delve even deeper into you as a dad.
0: Are you ready? Sounds great. Yes, sir.
1: In one word what is fatherhood?
0: Mm, Responsibility.
1: Now, when was a time that you finally felt that you succeeded at being a father to a daughter? Ooh, I think
0: I question that every day still, brother. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I handle situations great, other times I don't, but I think it's the moments where she tells me, you know, you're a good papa, or "I, I really love this, whether it's something I cooked or took her somewhere or something we did. It's the uh, hearing her express it back.
1: Now, if I was to talk to your kids, your sons and your daughter, how would they describe you as a dad?
0: Ooh, I would think they would say that dad is extremely goofy, that dad, dad works hard for us. I know my sons really look up to me. So, <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I, I guess I, I, most of all, I hope to be a positive role model and somebody that they feel like they can go to to manifest whatever they need in life.
1: They probably say that you look great bald.
0: I agree. They should. They should, because I've been bald a few years after they were born. So
1: <laughs> So you can't blame it on them. Mm-hmm.
0: I could blame it on my boys. I definitely can. Definitely can. But I can also blame plenty of smiles and belly laughs on them as well.
1: Now, who inspires you to be a better dad?
0: Ooh. You know, I have a great circle of great men around me. My father was also an amazing man who worked very hard for us and was very diligent in our protection and our guidance and so I'm grateful to have uh, him around as well as I had you know growing up in foster care I've had some amazing father figures in my life who gave me different types of love that I needed so I think you know there's that and today it's just people like you and Brian at Fathering Together and the group that we have I am truly inspired by the conversations that we have and I always feel like You know, as a businessman, we do benchmarking where we we see what other businesses are doing well. And I feel like that's kind of what we do when we check in with each other. It's very much as, you know, how are you? How's your well-being? And, you know, here's what I did with my kids this weekend that worked. And uh, we can all kind of clap for each other and have support and and try it ourselves and see how it impacts our families.
1: Now, as we finish off today, what advice would you give to other dads?
0: Mm, Be the role model. If you, who you know what, the best would inspect what you expect, right? So that's a, that's a business term that we learned, inspect what you expect. So I think as a father, you know, we talk about what is the legacy that you're leaving for your kids and being intentional about our fatherhood. And I think, at least speaking for myself, I've always had a vision of, of who I wanted to be as a father and what I want to leave with if I were to pass. Tomorrow. And I think being able to express that to your children, as well as being present to model it and support it, is extremely important as a father.
1: Definitely agree. And it's that that's an interesting concept to put not only from work, but into fatherhood itself. So I appreciate you sharing that. Now, we talked about your program, but you might send us to the same place. But if people want to find out more about you, and want to connect with you further, where should they go?
0: I am on all social media. I would say I am most active on my Facebook account if you're looking to connect with me directly, the Corden James page, and then as well at Corden James Speaks to find me.
1: Well, Corden, I really appreciate you being here. I look forward to hearing more about your successes in the future with this program and mentoring even more kids to help them to find the success that they want in their lives. And I wish you all the best.
0: Thank you so much, brother. It's been an absolute honor to be here. to talk to you about the program. And again, the work that we do at Fathering Together is an absolute honor, brother.
1: If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be.
0: We're all in the same boat
1: And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time Carpenters and muscle men, get out and be the one to them. Be the best dad you can be. Be the best dad you can be.